Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. The Tidbit brought to you by Curate. We are live at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C., and I'm your host and the CEO of Curate, Kim Bryden. Do you run a small business or have dreams to start one? Well, here at The Tidbit, we've got your back. Each week, we talk through tidbits of knowledge around starting or running a small business with a food and beverage lens. And as always, we jump off each show of the tidbit with a little tidbit of knowledge on what I've been reading, listening to, or learning. And this is from a bi-weekly newsletter that we send out at Curate. In fact, this week is a send. So if you're looking for more morsels of information about food and beverage industry trends or market research or what we've really been diving into to really form our um, uh, sociocultural views on food and beverage entrepreneurship, you should sign up. So head over to curate.co, C-U-R-E-A-T-E.co, and get in on the know. All right, so before we've talked at length on this show about the importance of access to social capital and not just financial capital when starting a business. And my two guests today have a unique insight on both of those value propositions. But I wanted to shine some light on another area entrepreneur who's been spearheading the movement of capital to people of color-owned businesses in the D.C. area. So this tidbit I'm about to read comes from a blog series I-L-L-I, that has the goal to empower black women to make an extraordinary impact on their finances and our society by becoming investors. And this blog series um, and the initiative is for 1,000 black women to become new investors. I love this. So quoting this post in the series, partly due to such an uneven uneven playing field, people of color spend $250,000 more than their white peers to start the same type of business. These new majority entrepreneurs, as Melissa Bradley, managing partner at 1863 Ventures, dubs them, don't have the old boy network that provides them with the access to affordable capital and professional expertise. We find that entrepreneurs spend four to seven times more churning through professionals than their white peers because of this lack of social capital, Melissa elaborates. And I had the pleasure of working with Melissa and her team last spring on a workshop for their cohort of entrepreneurs, again, 1863 Ventures. And I'm thrilled to see spaces being created along the entrepreneurship pipeline to level the playing field. And that, again, ranges from financial and social capital to education to spaces for creation that abide by all regulatory and safety measures. And That is ultimately why I want to talk with my guests today. They have been beacons in the Baltimore City metro area for years, walking the walk and providing access to opportunity, growing their businesses while lifting others up in the process. Natasha Brown Rainwright is the founder of Natasha's Just Brittle, specializes in artisan brittle, chocolate treats, and gourmet popcorn, all handcrafted on premise. And inside of Natasha's Just Brittle resides Be More Made with Pride, a culinary hub and shared use kitchen that supports other food entrepreneurs. 
And our other guest in studio is Leslie Riley, the founder of Mama Biscuit, America's first gourmet biscuit company. America's favorite biscuit company specializes in making all-natural biscuits that contain no trans fat, no preservatives, no artificial flavors, colors, or dyes, and use real butter with one goal in mind to consistently provide a healthier for you biscuit. We are going to take a quick break and be right back with these extraordinary individuals. listening to The Tidbit, and I'm your show host and the CEO of Curate Kim Bryden. We are chatting with Leslie Riley and Natasha Brown-Wainwright. Hello to you both. Hello, hello. Hello. Good morning. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Um, Natasha, Leslie, you are both just awe-inspiring businesswomen, Um, and you're both based in Maryland and run operations that are so admirable to so many of our peers. So I want to learn about both of your journeys. So Leslie, I'm going to I'm going to start with you. Okay. Um, what was the origin story of Mama Biscuit and how did you grow across two major retailers, Wegmans, Whole Foods Market? How did this all come to be? Okay, so Mama Biscuit started basically on a dare oh. back in 2014. Um, I was a lot of I used to cook and a lot of people would come over to my house. I entertained a lot. And they um, I remember sitting down, they were like, You should do Master Chef and I was like, nah, you know, no. And then they convinced me to do it. So To do Master Chef. To do Master Chef, to go wow. audition for Master Chef. And so I submitted the paperwork, got accepted, went to New York. But in the meantime we were trying to find a um, a name, you know, and um, my friends and family always called me Ma Biscuit, so we just turned it into Mama Biscuit, started a social media page, and it just took off from there. Now, when I got to New York, I kind of showcased on uh, Facebook, you know, my journey on MasterChef, but a lot of people... Um, you know, we're cheering me on, but I didn't make it. I only made it through a couple of rounds. Mm. And so I wanted to keep that momentum gone, you know, keep it going. And when I did, it was just like, I mean, people started following me from all over. Wow. And I said, you know what, I'm going to showcase some biscuits. So I started, I had like 50 different flavors of biscuits all um, before the end of the year, because that was October. And what and year was this? That was 2014. Wow. And in two weeks, I was in a, a retailer. Oh my god. Right after I made the first initial biscuit. There's something about showcasing your process yes. that is really, really inspiring to people. I mean I love that. They were they're still I mean, my social media uh, social media group, especially on Facebook, they're very engaging. Very, very engaging. Um, it's an engaging group and from there I started doing a little bit of market research and sent it across the country. To a couple different people that I didn't know, I said, "I need your honest opinion about these flavors," and excuse me, they they gave it to me. I mean, it's still up on social media. They gave it to me, and from there, I knew I had something. Wow, that is fascinating. Being able to go to these individuals who are your brand loyalists, (laughs) right, and strangers. Yeah, (laughs) that was the difficult part because I was like. "Mm." I don't think I'm ready for that. Yeah, but, but it's expanding outside of your bubble of just friends and family. It was, yes. And that's a big point of contention for a lot of entrepreneurs because everyone around you 
might say like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Make it a business. I consult a lot of other businesses and Mm -hmm. I tell them, please give it to other people. Give it to people outside your friends and family Mm -hmm. because those are the people who are going to tell you the real deal. And a lot of times, you know, friends and family will sugarcoat it. Well, maybe you just need a little bit of this or Uh maybe you just need a little bit of that. Instead of just saying, hey, that doesn't taste right. That's nasty, you know. (laughs) So in a nice way. (laughs) And and then one day I was just kind of walking. I went into the store. I think it was Whole Foods. And I was just looking for... Um, some tea to go in one of my biscuits. It was Mm. around springtime and I wanted to make a a tea-based biscuit. And um, I had one of the workers, I didn't realize that he was a manager. He was helping me um, look for the tea. And he said, well, what do you need it for? And I was like, well, I need it for this. And I told him a little bit. And he was like, oh, I'd like to see it. He said, matter of fact, I'd like to taste one. Can you bring some back? Wow. So I was like, oh, sure. So I took them back. And um, lo and behold, I didn't realize they were having a manager's meeting that night. What and amazingness. I know. And then uh, it was really uh, funny because the next day I received an email that said, this is how you get on our shelves. And wow. that was for Whole Foods. Incredible. And it was a similar story to Wegmans as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of walked in. This is something we've mentioned on a previous show that business is really all about relationships and showing up to, you had no idea that was going to happen. No, none whatsoever. But you are a joy to be around and you exude (laughs) joy. And I just have a feeling that there was some sort of energetic pull towards you by this manager. I love that. You know, it it was funny because I I started building the business and I just was like, oh, I'm just going to put them up online. I'm just going to sell online. And that was it. But that's not how it happened. Wow. And so now you do have this mix of wholesale, but also still an online business. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. But no retail presence. Not right now. And I know it's a big secret. Okay, big secret. We'll just (laughs) like In a couple of weeks, um, we will have retail. um, We will be in a retail space. Yes. So you can get biscuits every day. Breaking news. (laughs) Yes. Breaking news. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey. And Natasha, I feel like you have an equal, incredible story to share. So I want to dive into this. We've known one another for quite some time now, at least a few years. About two or three years now. Two or three years. Wow, time is flying. Um, In fact, listener, if you tune into episode 12, Wild, I think this is episode 66. We'll have to fact check that. But episode 12 of the tidbit with Jennifer Glanville of Samuel Adams, we talk about funding opportunities on that particular show. And right after that recording, we hosted a pitch competition um, with Sam Adams and Natasha, you are the winner. Yes, that was my very fitch, first pitch competition. Gave oh. me the courage to uh, make it something that I do to keep capital coming in. Oh my God, you just, you crushed it. It was incredible. Um, so yeah, when I just think about how wonderful you are and what you've built, and you're truly helping other entrepreneurs by opening up your commercial kitchen facility where you produce your product also to other business owners. So I want to talk about this more. Why is that so important to you? And can you also tell us more about your journey and starting Natasha's Just Brittle? Okay, so um, Natasha's Just Brittle really started back in 1983 when I was about 12 years old. Wow. Okay. Um, Back then, I was a child who was being bullied. Mm. Okay. And I actually contemplated 
suicide. Oh, my goodness. My grandma actually stopped me from committing suicide. So not to make a a sad story. I'm going to make a sad story happy, okay? Mm. So she told me three things. She told me that, number one, my life wasn't my own to take. Mm. And number two, she told me that I was here to serve God, family, and community. But the third thing that she told me that I really kept close to heart was that I was here for a purpose. I just got chills and like tears are coming to my eyes. Please keep going. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So she said I was here for a purpose. And I think back then I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. Wow. You know, so she started to invest um, monies from her Social Security check to get ingredients once a month for me to cook some type of yummy dessert. Ooh. And from there, when I got into daycare, I think I was about 26 when I opened my daycare center, I wanted to incorporate um, something where the children could have that same solace, you know, mm-hmm. and be creative with their hands. So I incorporated cooking into our curriculum. I see. We cooked every Friday. I don't care if you were two to 13, we cooked every Friday. And that was... Just to reemphasize, that was the beginning of your entrepreneurship journey was starting a daycare center Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. Keep going. So in 2009, I decided to teach the daycare children a lesson in business. And we opened up a sweet shop called PPLC Sweet Treats. That stands for Progress Place Learning Center Sweet Treats. Mm -hmm. And the children actually named that business. (laughs) Really cute. So we made cakes and cookies, brownies, smoothies. And one child said, Miss Natasha, can we add candy to our menu? So lo and behold, I came up with an all-natural brittle recipe incorporating brown and white sugar, sea salt, butter, and agave. The parents loved it, loved it, loved it, kept asking for it. It got to the point where the first thing in the morning, instead of getting a good morning, the first thing they would say is, do you have any more brittle? Oh, wow. So December 2000. What, nine? Wow. I started a second business, Natasha's Just Brittle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so. And, you know, the fast forward, um, it came to a point where I eventually closed the daycare center, and I needed a space um, to produce my product so that I could appear on QVC. Mm-hmm. When I searched around, no one would help me. Uh, and it just, you know... No one would help me. It was just like, I just need a, a ASI-approved facility just to cook some brittle for QVC, and they didn't give a darn. Yeah. So it got to the point where I just created my own space. I, I have a small, old Chinese restaurant that's in my community. I'm in um, the Laurelton, Hamilton community, mm-hmm. and it's where I lived, and it's on Harford Road, and I opened it up. Got it state approved, got it ASI approved, and was able to produce and appear on QVC. Wow. So, you know, um, the way Be More Made with Pride came about was that I didn't want a person who desire was to become a food entrepreneur. I didn't want them not to have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it took me nine months to get the place um, licensed under the city in order to rent it out to other entrepreneurs. To be a commercial to kitchen To be a commercial facility. kitchen. Wow. Nine whole darn months. But oh yeah, my it's, gosh. it's here. It happened in November of last year. Mm-hmm. And um, my goal is to cater to up to 40 food businesses. Incredible. So Natasha's Just Brittle is in 
be more made with pride. Well, I'm going to say adjacent. be more made with pride is inside of Natasha's just brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and you're housing now X number of more entrepreneurs underneath yes. this umbrella. Yes. And we actually, we have a storefront where I can actually showcase some of their product and oh, sell fantastic. their product as well. So I love it. And I actually hold children's cooking classes. Still. So I'm still in oh. my element. You know, Perfect. even though I close my daycare center, I still get to hang around some awesome children yes. and do that thing that I love to do with them the most. Oh, that's incredible. And there's something really interesting about the types of businesses that are also flourishing under your umbrella. Is there anyone that we can like give a shout out to? Like in the, oh re- in the storefront yes. space, you can find your brittle, but what other types of products? In my storefront, you can find freaking sweet jars. Freaking sweet yes, jars. Yes, okay. Lord, she's in Arundel Mills Mall uh-huh. and she's also in Columbia Mall. You can find Blondie's Donuts. She's mm. more of a wholesaler, wholesaling in different specialty locations. Um, we just have so many different on a Bihaz hot sauce, honey hot sauce. I think they just went into Yum. one of the fresh markets. Delicious honey hot sauce. Wow. Um, we just you know Marby Tea Lewin's Lewin's uh, Lewin teas. I love Tamika. Marby Tea. So Tamika's you know she's still at the farmers markets, but mm-hmm. we are trying to really get her out into different locations as well. So I love this. Yes. Thank you for sharing your journey. And so listener, now that you have the right foundational knowledge about these two incredible women, we are going to take another quick break and then get into more of their tips and advice for growing your own business. Be right back. Listening to the tidbit, we are back and we are sitting down with Leslie Riley and Natasha Brown Wainwright. Leslie, growing your business across national retailers, like we mentioned, Wegmans, Whole Foods, and having inventory and stock for also your online business. Wow, this takes a lot of financial capital. So I am really intrigued to learn more about your advice, your tips. How did you find the capital? And, and did you use any non-traditional financing to keep your business going? Because it, it takes a lot. It was all non-traditional funding. All non-traditional. All non-traditional. And I self-funded the whole project. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, it was. It's a bittersweet moment. The day that I landed into um, Wegmans, and there was a full-on, you know, case of Mama Biscuits. My dad passed. Oh, he Leslie, passed away. I'm sorry. So I was his caregiver for that period, and you know, trying to continue to run the business. But by then, I had the business stood up enough where it was running pretty much by itself. Yeah, you so, were mm-hmm. you were based on revenue earned. Right. You were able to keep going. We were able to keep going, mm-hmm. and then when, of course, he passed, he left me, you know, something, and I was able to sink all of that into. The business, wow, um, and all the life savings that I had as well, and um, some additional um, monies that I had uh, stashed away. Mm-hmm. I used all of it to build out my own commercial kitchen wow. because it was almost like a catch twenty two. It was um, well, we are a manufacturing facility, so um, that oh, excuse me, so that's where um, 
or was able to build out the whole the full kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the issues was I went to banks, went to a lot of banks. And because I did not have the actual POs in hand, mm. um, you know, I had massaged all these relationships with Walmart, um, Costco's, uh, Sam's Club, uh, QVC, you yeah. name it. So um, all those relationships were massaged, but, you know, we were going on the shelves, but the POs just didn't come as quick enough. Yeah. So I was I'm like, just going to define right. in case a listener doesn't know PO is a purchase order. A purchase order. I'm yes. sorry. Thank no, you. No, yes. Right. <laughs> so what happened was I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to keep this going either way. So I'll just self fund. So I took my life savings and, um, sunk it into the business and here we are. Wow. <laughs> Four years later. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And, and that in and of itself takes an immense amount of courage and of course, you're taking a big risk and bet on yourself and your vision. How did you, what was your internal mantra? How did you keep persevering? <laughs> um, you know, by the grace of God, really. I, I always said, you know, that vision had come from him. And, you know, just um, even down to the, uh, the biscuit that we have called Feeding Faith. And that's mm. the, the biscuit that we give away. We work with the local Frederick Rescue Mission, as well as community um, action. And we give away pretty much thousands of biscuits a month, Yeah, wow. even to the seniors. Um, seniors have First Friday, so we work with the Department of Aging in Frederick as well, and we give away free biscuits. So it's almost, it's very... Um, known right now the sort of like buy one give one right. model is it similar no, to this no 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 we're we just donating and we just give them away wow yep. we give it we did it silently for years and then finally my uh, pr person was like you know you really should you know talk this about a this thing. a little yes. bit more right. and it, because it was i did not want to be noticed for you know constantly giving biscuits away i, I just did it silently because yeah. i felt like you know my dad was a senior and you know he used to have to make his income stretch and sometimes you know one of the things they could always do is just kind of go to their freezer grab a biscuit and you know put a little honey on it and they were good for a couple hours yeah so that's always was always my thought pattern in having the uh, feeding faith biscuit but back to the funding I mean I did pull on friends and family Mm -hmm. they did help a lot um you know uh, just people who believe in you believe in your business um, I think that's important to surround yourself with with people that, you know, want to see you grow and want to see you um, do things out there. Yeah, a lot of people will say in sort of the raising money world that the first pocket of money, whether it's friends and family or friends and family adjacent, it's based on who you are as a person. Right. And, and what sort of um, special qualities or energy you're bringing to the table because it is still an idea. Mm-hmm. And then when you're trying to get to that next stage, that is when it gets so tricky and dicey for so many reasons, because do you go to a bank? Do you go to micro lenders? Do you try to raise money from now complete strangers like angel investors? Right. And it's not that easy. It's really not. And that- who you want to be indebted to. It's a whole power dynamic. You know, it's a lot of emotion. That next level funding is, yeah, because the, the friends and family funding will only take you so far. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as you um, start to grow as a business, 
um, you know, you, you have to figure out, you know, where that next level of funding is going to come from. Yes. I mean, I've learned a lot of lessons. There's a lot of big changes that are coming through um, all these lessons learned over the mm-hmm. last four years. But I'm excited to, you know, to share it. You heard it here from me first that um, some big things are coming for Mama Biscuit. Yes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Natasha, you've built your business through your own manufacturing as well of Natasha's Dress Brittle. But also, like we said, you open up this commercial kitchen facility to other entrepreneurs. So you're diversifying these revenue streams. Um, So what are these creative ways to help build revenue streams with your business that you recommend to other aspiring entrepreneurs? I try to split my business up to make revenue in so many different ways. So one way that you mentioned is the commercial kitchen by sharing it. Um, Of course, it helps alleviate some of the bills that come the in. fixed expense of yes. rent yes totally <laughs> um so that's one way and we still have our online business mm-hmm. um we do have the retail front open um i also sold membership to family and friends to oh, get okay. revenue as well uh so it's, it's a whole host of things and it's something that you constantly have to keep reinventing and, and thinking about how am i going to keep this business going pitch competitions as well that's something that I put on my list of things to do Mm -hmm. Um, pitch competitions I won 30,000 last year and that literally kept the doors open you know so you have to just think of different ways to just keep it going yeah and I think that again listener if you're somebody who wants to start a business you may be advised to create a business plan and I would say Do that if you want, and then you might need to set it and forget it because (laughs) business is changing constantly, and you have to always be on your toes and rethinking, what is my product market fit? Mm -hmm. If something's not selling as well as I thought, what are the ways I can still keep the lights on? And to still have that the core values that you abide by. Yes. Um, yes. And so how have you sort of created that umbrella for yourself? I, I sort of alluded to it before about the entrepreneurs you're hosting but in this in this umbrella of Natasha's world Mm -hmm. what are sort of the I guess maybe parameters you put on yourself to say this is how I want to grow and this is who I want to support right now I'm I'm just going day to day I have an outline of things I want to do so my thing is to get one thing done at a time Mm -hmm. so my first thing was okay if I fill up the commercial kitchen that will help me do this next thing. Yes. And so that's the way I go about business. I yeah. love it. And you also, Kim, a lot of times, uh, new business entrepreneurs, I just want to um, suggest that you don't quit your day job. You right. know, sometimes. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we all have a resounding, like, I still please. work part time yeah, right. for another company. I still company. work full time. And Leslie works mm-hmm. full time. Exactly. So um, don't be so quick. Um, right. To leave that that job, you know, it's it's always great to have another stream of income coming in. Right. Because when you start acting out of a place of maybe more desperation, you make really Mm -hmm. potentially not sound decisions. Mm -hmm. And thank you both for sharing that, because, again, somebody listening might be thinking, oh, my Wegmans, Whole Foods, QVC, this is incredible. And all of those are so incredible. And we're all humans that need to make sure we're paying bills and leading our lives. And we have so many expenses of our families, friends, just people in our orbit that we need to take care of. So Mm -hmm. it is 
wonderful that we're able to have this frank discussion about how we're surviving and thriving. And that's a big misconception. I mean, you've heard a lot of those investor television shows that say, you know, well, you got to leave your day job. That is a huge misconception. Mm. Um, And people do not need to leave their day jobs. Yeah. Keep your day job. If yes, if if that is providing you the comfort and stability Mm -hmm. and ability, you'll know when it's time to transition over to your um, company full time. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. So, Natasha, you have actually been growing. Well, both of you, but I'm, I'm just going to throw it to you for a moment because I think, are we, are we also live right now? I am loving this. <laughs> um, but you have a very engaged Facebook audience through your brand. And I'm just wondering, how did you do it? And how can people follow you to learn more? Basically, when I first started out, Natasha's Just Brittle, since candy is a global thing, I I ran Facebook ads and I did it all over. Mm -hmm. Um, And I engaged, uh, yeah, I think it's like 34,000 now. Yes. 34,000 people that's on Natasha's Just Brittle. I I actually need to post a little bit more, but um, just frequent posting. I try to post at least every other day. Um, I try to be, you know, engaging um, and just share, like, when I'm doing different candies and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Just share it. They love to see that. Totally. And what I think is so fascinating, it's not just the the quantity of people that have been subscribing and following you, but literally, when I am on your page, you get a lot of engagement. People are, like, commenting and tuning in. And yes. so yes. I think that that is a remarkable uh, benchmark as well, if you will. So people can follow you at Natasha's Just Brittle. On Facebook, you can follow me at Natasha's Just Brittle. Be More Made with Pride Commercial Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, please, no more fan requests on my personal page. No. <laughs> but... Um, uh-huh. I, I just, no more please. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, Natasha's Brittle. Twitter, Natasha's Brittle. Um, and that's it. Perfect. Yeah. And Leslie, how about you? Where can we find you online? You can find me online, www.mamabiscuit.com. You can find me on um, any one of the social media pages, Mama Biscuit, Twitter, Mama Biscuit, Mama underscore Biscuit. Um, Facebook, Mama Biscuit dot, Mama Biscuit. Gourmet biscuits, um, same thing for Instagram. But I, I want to touch real quick oh, on, on something that um, we recently did. And, you know, in having a business, you always got to reinvent yourself. Yeah. You always got to add extra product lines and stuff like that if something's not working. Mm-hmm. Not that the biscuits aren't working, but because we were able to um, see a completely uh, plant-based um, audience. Yes. We were able to introduce the first certified um, buttermilk biscuit on the market. Oh, so we have the first certified um, plant-based, hundred percent vegan, a buttermilk, vegan, a vegan biscuit, yes. buttermilk biscuit, yes. <laughs> vegan buttermilk biscuit, and actually wow. we have them in four different flavors, and you'll be able to find them this week on milkguys.com. Milkguys.com. Mm-hmm. That's a complete um, vegan um, platform. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And can, can I also buy it on your site? You can. Or? You can buy them on my site. You can buy them on mamabiscuit.com. We actually have uh, buttermilk, which is certified. We have pumpkin, spiced pumpkin. We have sweet potato. We have uh, roasted garlic onion and cheddar chive. Um, this is perfect for the fall holiday yes. season. Mm-hmm. Talk about my pumpkin spice latte season arriving. Yes. Your yes. biscuits. 
Thanksgiving yes. meals. Wow. Yes. Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get some for my fridge slash freezer. Everybody else, now you know what to do. That is your main call to action here. Um, So we would love if more budding entrepreneurs and listeners like you could find out about the tidbit. Our mission at Curate has always included the sharing of education and access to resources. And the best way to reach more folks like you is to, guess what? Leave a review in iTunes. Yep, I said it. Um, I would be so appreciative if you could head over to your app and leave a little tidbit on there about what you've learned on the show today. So everyone, until next time, remember to scale thoughtfully and source locally. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.